And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. It is another job ranking edition that may have a food element to it. Before you, you had us testing fish sandwiches from fast food restaurants and ranking the jobs of the new Big 12. Now we're going to rank the jobs of the new SEC, which is going to piss people off. I, I was going through mine. I was trying to put it together. And oh my Lord, is it going to piss people off? Andy, I don't think so. I think everyone will be fine with it. David Ubbin, you know better than this. They'll Ari, you know better than this. And then we're going to follow that with our French fry style ranking, which if, if the little nugget of conversation we have with Max Olson last week is any indication... That is going to ignite a massive debate. <laughs> I can't as well. imagine anybody's going to agree with Max's take, so uh, we won't have to worry about that. Um, well, he he's in Nebraska. And he loves his crinkle fries. It's okay. It's, a, I, it's an insane. insane I will take. say I before we, we get to the to... potatoes, equal opportunity potato enjoyer here. Um, this is like ranking, you know, the the top ten meals of your life. I guess. Oh, this is. Uh, I'm going like to enjoy. Cheesy, I enjoy all potatoes between in all children. Forms. I, I'm sorry that I will say that, that the French fry ranking, it, it did feel like choosing between children for about the first half or so. And then it, it goes downhill. So, but let's, let's start I thought with the, the SEC rankings were harder than the fry rankings. I, I agree. I'm and with I'm, you, Ari. I'm looking at mine right now and I'm trying to decide if I want to re if I want to move a few around before we start talking. Cause there, there's a couple that I, I, I thought I was comfortable with and now I'm not. So and there's one I can tell you right now. I'm either going to be really right or really wrong. So I'm I'm just. Should we go one through sixteen? I think because you know, I know Ari and I agree on number one. I'm not sure where you are, David, on that, but I, I think one. we're pretty. Cl- we're probably closer at the top. I the think top- we, should, we we need to go number one, but I think before we get down to each other's rankings, I feel like we should frame our own perspectives when someone says this is a good idea. This is a, idea. This is a very good idea. Yes, because we're we are talking about jobs, not coaches. So if Alabama, like if we're and talking about coaches or teams, right? Alabama would be number one because Nick Saban's the best coach who ever lived in college football. But we're talking about the job itself, which has been done by Nick Saban very well, has also been done by Mike Shula. Yes. So less well, uh, we'll say <laughs> that that is uh <laughs> exactly so so we've got that and and yes it is it is and and there's a lot of criteria and and really it's a lot of your own how you weigh things because it's it's access to players it's support for the administration it's are they going to try to go behind your back and nuke you uh that there, there's happen. a i never i've never. never heard of that anything like oh that. by the way Big apology coming for me at one point during this uh, <laughs> this ranking because 
Oh, last I think year, I know. I, I, I think I, I know said where something this is very, going. I, I said <laughs> something very strong, and then one of the schools turned around and made me look incredibly stupid. I think I'm so, still getting blowback from that one, Andy, but we'll get there when we get there. So here's the <laughs> yes. thing I'm going to say about my rankings, guys. I was very consistent in how I ranked them. And my last place team is going to, you guys are going to be like, what the hell? Um, and you'd rather live in Nashville than somewhere else. We got you. You're not, no, that's so not, that's not, that's not, that's not at all week. why that's not at all why, uh-huh. but I'm thinking about quality of life of where I would want to coach. So ah, like, we always run so. into this. We always run into this, I, this idea of how good is the Kentucky job? So we have to like get that out of the way oh, right now. Because you're, you're right. Let, let's let's clear that up now because we do say Kentucky's the best job in America, and the reason we say that is because you don't have to win national titles to keep getting paid there. But I do think we're in all seriousness for this ranking a chance at a national title, especially in the SEC, where there's yeah. a lot of schools that have a chance at a national title. That is something that that you have to weigh, and that has to weigh yes. heavily. Yeah, Kentucky's not my number one, but it's a, ahead of some other schools that might have a better chance of winning a national championship, just as it pertains to what it would I'm be. I'm excited like, to hear Ari Lee the, the head coach. And listen, this is a podcast. There's no such thing as being right or wrong. And I'm going to be so are going to be so mad at us. Well, my do we want to no, start going to be mad at me for my last place team, not where I place Kentucky. I I don't know where Ari's going with this. I can't wait to hear it. Uh, I'm excited. So do we, I can kick us off with the rubric. I feel like mine is pretty, pretty centrist. Okay. You know, fan passion is a huge part of it because that means money, that means butts in seats, that means prestige, how things look, all those things, you know, showing up on the road, all those things, um, quality of job. Access to players is number one. Those are kind of the only two factors that I really think about. Now, there are other variables, knifings in the back. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I look at history. I think history sometimes is weighed too heavily in these kinds mm-hmm. of things. Um, but those are really two access to players and passion. Do people care? And can you get dudes? And uh, uh, those are the two chief buckets that I, that I look at. when I'm I, I like that. My, mine would be, can you get players? Can you win a national title? Will the school support you? Mm-hmm. Those are my, you know, the, the those are my big three. Prestige and support is doing a lot of work. There, all that Andy, stuff is that we're talking about a conference. <laughs> That every single team in this conference, for the most part, has a passionate fan base that'll show up on the road and is prestigious. So but not like, all the not all the same way. A and M and Mississippi State are not the same. That's just that's no, where I know. But you're but Mississippi State's probably not going to be on the top end of our list. But like, can, we'll like, see. What's, is there a, is there a huge difference between the passion that you're going to get from a Florida fan than you are at an A and M fan? It might be a little bit weirder. In yeah, there's. I, I think okay, there we'll is. Talk about that, yeah, but we'll, we'll get there. there. That's a different. But also, are you I mean, if we're, we're going to pull out the DSM, the DSM five on Florida and A and M fans. <laughs> we're we're going to have a very like different psychological of profile as, of a head coach, and I don't know that insane, batshit, crazy fans is a good thing for a coach. Andy, you married? I mean, are you married an Aggie? You should know better. I married a normal Aggie, uh, <laughs> which is she's basically. Extinct. I'm told that's an oxymoron. My source yeah, is yeah, telling me well, right. <laughs> my my, uh, my Aggie is from Vegas and went to college there somehow, sight unseen. So. She she's been tainted a little bit, but she's not all the way insane. I just um, want to imagine. Right. I want to imagine the look on the face of someone who grew up in Las Vegas who shows up at College Station for the first time. I will say the first time, the first time I went to College Station and I saw palm trees, I was a little shook. I was not prepared for that mentally. You don't know that it's there, but they're there. It's not that far from the Gulf of Mexico. Like, yeah, it's just yeah. like Vegas. <laughs> uh, um, Almost. Yeah. 
<laughs> she was supposed to go to Texas and then ended up at Texas A&M because of a scholarship thing and was planning on transferring and then never left. So I thought she took uh, a wrong turn at Albuquerque. She, or she something. did. She did a wrong turn. But um, okay, so maybe we should just get into it because, like, I personally don't think that having a rabid fan base that expects too much is obviously you think a it's good a bad thing, thing for your well. But your yeah, this is sort of one so, of my like, variables, and I think Andy and I talked about this: is how easy is it to make the people that control your employment happy? Hmm, that is mm-hmm. a good question. That is a very good question. But I do right. weigh that. Is control your employment also impacted by the view of the fans? Yes. I think more it so at some places hand more hand. than others, but yes. All right, let's let's start. Number one, I think Ari and I are in the same boat. My number one is Georgia. Ari, you you Georgia on that it's, one still? This isn't a debate. Uh, I, I think yes, I'm definitely Georgia. This take makes people super mad, and I don't yeah. understand why. Because people whose college football opinions I trust the most rarely disagree on this point. Because Do you I don't know who think thinks George is the best job in the SEC? Coaches. It's Saban. <laughs> Done. <laughs> There's no debate. Uh, if I just Saban don't think it is, it is. Yeah, I, I just I'm with you. I, I don't think there's much debate here. Number one, I spent about two seconds thinking about it because I think it's the best college football. Now that point, people can debate if they would like. I just. I think it's the best job in college football, but yeah, number one, Georgia. Bulldogs. Yeah, and, and I agree. I I remember I went on Feinbaum in 2015. This is when they still had Mark Richt. This is preseason, and I said Georgia's the best job in college football. Here's why. I laid out the fact that Georgia was producing more Power Five players than California at that point, and like people went berserk <laughs> on the internet. They, you know, as John Hayes, who's who you know works with us now, tweets this out immediately uh, on the Feinbaum <laughs> account. And, Engagement. Uh, yeah, and, and I me. I was called an idiot from every every point in the country, but it, it's true. I mean, it, it is the best job in the country. You have the best access to players. You dominate that state. Georgia Tech, yes, is a power five school, but is not really competing with you for recruits. Mm-hmm. Yes, you have to deal with Auburn and, and Alabama and Clemson coming in and, and making incursions into the state, but you still have like there. Every guidance counselor in the state has a Georgia flag on the wall. Like, and I look at it this way. How many teams on this list? Because I think the number is two, Andy. Mm-hmm. If you were banned from signing any players outside of your state, could you win a national championship? I think that's a wonderful segue to my number. Two. I think, oh, I think there's, I think there's four there's schools two. on, on. Uh, four maybe. Schools yeah, maybe. Okay. Texas, maybe. Florida, I'll, maybe I'll Louisiana. This is, was this is the new, SEC. and this is the new sec. So this is yes. Oklahoma and Texas. Now, if Sark has another year like he had last year, maybe he doesn't make it to the SEC. But I think we can reasonably expect Sark and Brent Venables to coach in the SEC. So yes. that that's that's why we're doing this now. All right, number two. Well, now I'm kind of having second thoughts on my number two because, like, I honestly don't know. I mean, I guess if, like, in theory, you got the top ten players in your state every single year in in the in Florida and in Texas, you could win a national championship that way. But I don't view Texas and Florida as one state as I would the way I would it with Georgia because they're I, so I, long yeah, I and am wide and they're different. I'm with you on this. It's like Miami is not the same thing as Jacksonville. No. And it's just like – and I know Pennsylvania is also kind of like this culturally where Pittsburgh and Philadelphia are much different. But in Texas, the number one player in the state could be in El Paso and the second best player could be in Dallas. And recruiting both of those areas right. proficiently is basically the same thing as, as – is recruiting your neighboring state and other schools. So more than geography, Ari, I think you have to worry, especially in Florida, 
if Florida State or Miami and you're Florida and they hire the next Nick Saban, that's a problem. That also, is a problem. also UCF's a Big Twelve school now, so their yes. recruiting profile that, changes. This is and every life, other this school is in America recruits Florida. Right it's not like it's yeah. just the Florida schools. Alabama has dominated the state of Florida the last few. Years. Alabama goes there every other year and gets a receiver who becomes a first rounder, right? or so it seems. So, yeah. so okay. Well, my number two, I guess I'll lead this off and I'll let you guys lead off the next ones. But I picked LSU, um, and that might not match up with what you guys did. I'm I'm comfortable with that. I think that the state of Louisiana is, I think, one of six uh, schools that have had multiple number one overall players in the last twenty years. Um, in the country. Uh, it has 10 blue chip prospects that rank in the top 200 every single year. And all those players are programmed uh, to go directly to that school. Um, and it'll be very interesting to see how Brian Kelly continues to do that. But um, I view LSU as kind of like Georgia light in a sense where they have a passionate fan base. Um, it's in a very interesting part of the country where loyalty runs deep. It's one of what three schools in the entire country that have a unique, uh, recruiting advantage of being the only power five school in a talent rich state along with Rutgers uh, ironically Ohio State and Atlanta I mean uh, Georgia if you take out Georgia Tech and Atlanta so I, I I think that LSU is a very desirable job you can win national championships there I think what the last three coaches that coach they're all one one and that's something that's yeah. heavily weighted on my list they I pay weigh a that ton as of well. money I'm very curious if any other program can say that it, yeah, I don't I, think so. No, there, there's not. And and I don't have LSU number two. I have Alabama number two because I feel like we've seen from the Saban era that when everyone is pulling in the same direction in Alabama, all they care about is winning national titles and they're going to make sure they give you what you need. And also do. now that Saban's been there, the standard for what the administration and the fans are going to hope for, I think, transforms the future. I think there's this notion that once Nick Saban Which retires, Saban did to LSU also, by the way. Yes, yes, and I think there's this like weird notion from people that once Saban steps down, that Alabama's going to suck, and I don't think that's going to happen because I think the foundation there is so rock solid. They know how to win. They they know, like you said, Andy, how to pull in the same direction. Right. They they, they won't win. It's like changed this, forever. Yeah, but, but they'll still be win. able to win national yeah. titles. That's what, yes. Well, so I think so. I I had LSU number two for the reasons that already uh, laid out, but. I also think when you're talking about Alabama, and obviously I did weigh history here, he helps Alabama here because you have some talent in state, not enough to live off of, but if you want to go to Georgia and you want to go to South Carolina and you want to go to Florida and you want to go to Louisiana, you can do all of those very realistically. Mm -hmm. And you cannot necessarily do that in the rest of the schools in the SEC. I also think the way recruiting has changed has helped Alabama too because now you've got the clustering, and Ari's written about this a million times, where – the, the top, you know, 10 of the top 40 recruits will get together you know, at the various camps that they're at and go, Lord, we're all going to play together. Where are we going to go? And Alabama is one of those places that they'll go. And so I, I think the, that has helped them overcome the fact that Alabama is a talented state, an extremely talented state in the class of 2023, but it's a talented state that is not as talented as Georgia or Florida or Texas or California and also has another really yeah. good program in the state in Auburn. So it's, it's a tougher job from a recruiting standpoint, but I think the way recruiting has changed makes it a little bit easier job when, when they're playing like this. So uh, I had LSU number three, I thought Alabama and LSU were very close together. You know, like I, when, when I saw the job lists, when, the jobs were open and people were saying that LSU was a, a worse job than USC. I was like, no, 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 no. Listen, the 
three coaches won won national titles this century. One of them's Nick Saban. Would the other two guys have won national titles anywhere else? I don't know. Well, one of them was a head coach at USC for like four games, right? So and he he actually did pretty well at USC. <laughs> he did well. He maybe did maybe well. they should have hired him, but but <laughs> well, yeah, no. Well, I, Alabama, just, Alabama's yes. my three, and I'm very yeah. curious. It's funny that you mentioned that, Andy. That this cycle is a very uh, I think what there's nine top 100 players in the state of Alabama this year. I'm very curious to see how Nick Saban navigates that. And I think four of them are the same position, so it might be a little bit easier. But the one thing I will say about Alabama and the new national recruiting scene is that we talk about territory and geography and all that stuff. And I think for Alabama, more so than any other program, not just in the SEC, but in college football, that's a program that can walk into any high school in America and not only get attention, because obviously Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, all those teams do that too. But I think Alabama is the legitimizing offer. When somebody gets an Alabama offer, um, I think there's more weight to that than any other offer in college they're, football. They're the standard. Yeah, but I, I think I think that changes, Ari. That they're the standard right now. They're the best program and all those things. But I think as time goes, it was Miami at one point. It was it'll USC be Georgia if yes. this keeps yeah. up. Yeah, those Georgia. things change. And I think Alabama we're talking about will right always now. be a good program, so, but they won't always be the standard. But I, yeah. they're always gonna be very, very but I think good, that the fact that they, they are Mike they Shula. and the thing too that you have to consider with Alabama is that a lot of these different cycles that you just mentioned, Dave, are cyclical, right? Or like the, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't Alabama's run has been a freaking decade and it's still going. And I think that the longer that this goes on, the harder it is to forget how good it was. Cause even like when Miami yeah. was the U, how long was that? Like, right. I mean, different, well, but I think you different just point times, to coaches. but that's, that's it. Yeah. You know, Miami, was, Miami was the U for about 20 years. Yeah. But that's, like off and on long. within those 20 years, it wasn't well, they had an NCAA scandal and, and, yeah. and probation. So that, that was that. But it's like when bit. you get an Alabama offer, it's not just, oh, my God, I cannot believe I got one. You become legitimized to everybody in America that you're one of the best players in the, in the sport. No, no, and I no think question. there's a gravity to that that, you know, like you said, Dave, it might change if they hire Ed Orgeron to replace him or something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't know. But like as we as we view the schools in their current state right now, what Alabama has become is a little bit more there's more weight to it than other places. So it has to be in the top three, even though yeah. I think that part of the reason why they're this good is because of only Saban. Yeah. Like Alabama, I mean, I, Alabama, I think you, you know, you, you look at it, it is just the, the reason why I think we're, we're sort of what we're really talking about with Alabama versus, you know, the peak Miami or whatever, is that we think that this run that Alabama's on is more about the guy in charge than the program itself. Because you look at Miami, that run that they had, you had a bunch of coaches that kind of contributed to it. And then it fell off for a little bit, but they didn't have one guy for 15 years, right? right. It was, you know, you had Jimmy Johnson. But, but Alabama Harrison, had another was, was another closer. one guy who was yeah. great forever. And it's and hard then, to suss that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Gene Stallings won a national title too in 1992. Like yeah. th- there were periods where if the Alabama has the right guy, they're fine. And yeah. but I do think the Saban blueprint is important. And and it's LSU is the same thing. Saban unlocked LSU's potential and showed how everybody should do it at LSU. He's done the same thing for Alabama. Mm-hmm. And I think the question is, if Pete Carroll doesn't leave SC, how different does college football look on the whole? If he's still there today, I think question. it looks markedly different in a million yeah. different ways. If, because if I think he, his, the, his exit precipitated the entire crumbling of the Pac-10. If they, if they don't Pac-12. have the Reggie Bush penalties, then then he's probably, you know, maybe he stays and, and does that. And, and it is... Harder, like Najee Harris, maybe doesn't go to Alabama. Tua 
doesn't fly over California to get to Alabama. So uh, it's a good question. But all right, let's let's move along because I'm going to start angering people. Here's where it gets. Oh no, no, uh, I'm going to start my number four. My number four (laughs) right here. I am either going to be completely correct. We have the same answer. I can tell. Hysterically wrong. We have the same answer. I can tell you. I I bet we don't. I bet we. I bet we have the same argument we had last year in the Big Twelve rankings. Do we need to all say it? At oh, one time? okay. All right. Well, go ahead and say Oklahoma. We don't have the same answer. Oklahoma is okay. my number four. I also have Oklahoma at number four. Okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna make people mad. You guys, you guys can hug each other. I'm gonna make people. I'll say mad. that here, Ari. Before you go, let me just say I am not as staunch with Andy on the it has to be Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma, mm-hmm. Texas, and Texas A&M, who I suspect are the next three in each of our rankings. Perhaps I'm wrong. I will hear those three schools in any order. I think you can make a really good case for those three at any. My order. number four is A and M, and it's because they're in the cool kids club in the recruiting world, and they've got money in the NIL era, and they've got a passionate fan base, and they've got one of the best stadiums in college football. And I don't think I think right now, if you're looking at who is set up for the future better, how could you possibly look at what A and M just brought in and not pick them number four? I think it's insane to think that Oklahoma is a better job. I, 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 I can tell you, you how A and M can't get over the it. hump. Yeah, I don't you think can't factor in that they just signed the greatest class in recruiting no, history. No, I don't think you can factor in being in the cool kids club in recruiting right now because that's a fades in like three years. Yeah, when the SEC it's, has it faded talk. in the last seven with the five teams that have continually signed but you the had, same player? You had someone who had it going. Someone who obviously had the cool factor with the swag copter. You had Johnny Football, one of the most transcendent players to ever play the sport. And now you've put together two or three classes that are really, really good, have nothing to show for it. And, you know, they have a ton of talent, but also – like the AM jokes are still there because they haven't done anything and they're not going to go away until they do something, which this I is the first time get they've the signed a when... class that is comparable or better to Alabama. Yeah. This is when the thing Ari, takes off. When when like, they get over the hump, and they will at some point, keep your They'll be number two happen. in this race. What's the hardest thing to do, guys? Uh, get over the, the hardest hump. thing to do to jump from number 10 to number five in, in the recruiting rankings? I think it is. To jump from number five to number one is absolutely insane and unheard of, and nobody does it but Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. So yeah. the fact that they've shown that they can do it, and maybe part of the reason for that is because of the NIL transition and because of all the oil money down there, I don't know what it is. But the fact that they did something that no other program program can do that you can count on one hand, like automatic, like they've signed and a better class. They've got more top 100 players in their class this year than Oklahoma might have had in the last three years combined. If they are, if they what win the West doing? this year, then I'll make them number two next year. But maybe they but won't win until they year, get over the hump. They're, they're down here. They're down further until they get over. I, the hump. I'm waiting on the A and I, I, I'm with you. I, I, there, I didn't. I factored in ceiling. In the, ceilings matter the most to me in these rankings, and A and M ceiling is off the charts. But higher than Oklahoma's. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay, so flip your rankings then. No, no, nope. that's a factor. It's not because the whole Oklahoma. Thing. Because Oklahoma's I'm about to get because not it. unlike not unlike Texas, I don't know what the reason is that A and M and Texas. Dude, I was going through puberty when Oklahoma won a national championship last time. What are we talking about here? Oh, but it's but it's being in the hunt, okay? And I yeah. and there's a reason Oklahoma's why A&M been in the playoff. Texas Oklahoma, yeah, don't they're touch good all the and time. Oklahoma's living on the ninth floor of a ten floor building every single year. It yeah. seems like. Yeah, I mean Oklahoma it's been that way for decades always good with the exception of the 90s like mm-hmm. for the rest of the history of college football going to oklahoma's good now boys i know Ari, I, I agree with you on paper what are we doing here and part of this is oklahoma being the anti-auburn in which alignment allows you to max out your potential i think that's a huge part of it everybody's oh, pulling man. in the same direction if you're so taking money out of your pocket and invest in one of these two schools for the next 10 years what where would you put your money oklahoma yeah 
Okay, we'll, we'll see. Ari, Oklahoma's been in other leagues, and in every one, they've figured out how to be one of the you best You know what teams. just occurred to me, What Andy? makes We're you having think the same... that they won't be able to figure it out here? You want to talk We're about cool kids club recruiting, Ari? Oklahoma's been living there for decades. Longer than a Oklahoma's classes same... can't sniff what Texas A&M just put together. It's not even in the same class, galaxy. one class, Andy. I want to... Ari, give me a 20-year average. 20 no, year I know. 20-year average. average, for sure. Absolutely. But I think that... Oh, and We're guess, in a very critical changing guess, time in the sport. Guess right what now. Oklahoma's <laughs> gonna also be in a couple of years? That one of the things that Texas AM uses when they're recruiting against Texas and Oklahoma now. Guess Three what layers. Oklahoma's gonna have? That circular patch on its jersey. <laughs> no, I I, I know. I, I maybe I'll be wrong. I'm just saying right now, with, with the information that I have, you have a coach who bailed from that program to go a different school, and you have a, a another program that just signed the greatest. Meanwhile, you have a in yeah, and, and Oklahoma recruiter. hired a guy who was at an ACC school that would beat routinely beat out SEC schools for recruits. Yeah. All right, I so, agree with you on paper, but at some point, my heart's What happens right on the now. field has to. I don't matter. like getting and ganged I, up on. This is weird <laughs> because usually it's just me and Andy going back and forth. And I'm getting punched both directions. <laughs> I'm, in the, saying, I'm just saying there. I don't know what the reason is that Texas and A&M yep. can't seem to live at their ceiling. But when there's 40 years of data that suggests that you're not, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and lean toward the team that seems to figure out, okay, how do we make the best of ourselves? And they live there. And well, Arkansas was a really, really good there. program. They were a really good program, right, Dave, at one point? I'm told, yes. In yeah, what 60s? happened? Uh, well, joined the SEC, but – but, No, 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 no. no. But – what are they, Ari, they could Ari, they got totally their I'm pipeline just teasing you. I'm teasing you. Oh, uh, hey, Ari, you know what's funny, Andy? It just Who's occurred won to me the that... SEC West more times, Arkansas or Texas A&M? Arkansas. Uh, oh, yeah, Andy, it right. occurred to me that we have rep- like two is more we're than having zero. The Oklahoma Texas three, debate. Andy, I just switched Andy. what Texas team I'm using. Now. Oh, that's right. Three. Sorry. I'm an Aggie. Yeah, I'm not a horn anymore. You're an adopted. So I'm gonna let me let me give you an olive branch because I had a really really hard time. Because I think all of our three through fives are the same. Or three I through six. I disagree. They're not. Okay. Well, my number five is Oklahoma. And okay. this is a huge, a huge step forward in this podcast's history. That's right. Because I ranked Texas. Oklahoma ahead of Texas. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. So, okay. But it's okay. So I'm so willing to admit you, when I'm wrong. Why is Oklahoma above and not above A&M? Why is Oklahoma above Texas and not A&M? Yes. I don't know if you know this about me, Dave, but I'm really into recruiting. <laughs> I know, but again, it, it, recruiting is the biggest piece. I agree with it's you. The whole it's, piece for me. It's not the whole piece. Oklahoma would suggest otherwise because they've been they've been getting out recruited by. What Texas. do you think? I've been arguing with Andy nonstop about the ceiling of Oklahoma and Texas for the last three years. I agree with you on the ceiling argument, but the ceiling is not where we live. We live in the real world, and Oklahoma, their twenty-year recruiting average. I don't know what it is. I guarantee you, it's lower than Texas's. It's oh, it's it is lower than Texas's, and it because I did this. But this is I don't me twenty-year one. Yeah. But but over over the past ten to fifteen, Oklahoma has been ranked below Texas consistently. Yes but has doubled Texas in the amount of NFL players produced in the last 10 years. I can't explain why the Bermuda Triangle exists. I'm I just you. know I'm not going to fly over it. So uh, here's the thing. <laughs> well, if you want me to give you a rational you explanation, you, you are do that. You flew right over it last you are year. You over it right and, I, and I crashed and burned. But, but, but what I'm saying is, is you asking me that question, Dave, why is Texas A&M ranked ahead of Oklahoma but not Texas? Is you trying to pull me back into the same argument that I can't explain and has driven me crazy for the past two years. <laughs> 
I, I, I moved Texas below Oklahoma because for whatever reason, they can't figure it out. And I'm tired of looking like a jackass on this podcast. Do I, in my heart, still believe that Texas is, is a higher ceiling? And if they finally put it together one day, we'll be better than Oklahoma with every fiber of my being. I believe that. Ari, but I'm tired of being hate, humiliated. How much do you hate Charlie Strong, Tom Herman, and Sark right now? <laughs> Can somebody You're about to start a blood out? feud with those three. <laughs> I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. It's there should be a History Channel alien show about this. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense to me. I will say on the Charlie Strong front, I maybe wouldn't want my biggest booster to come out and say I'd be a fine position coach or a, a maybe help. a good coordinator. Like a couple yeah. weeks after I took the job, but yeah. that kind of stuff doesn't happen at Oklahoma. Uh, but yeah, Ari. we we definitely yeah, need I mean, that's the thing. Everybody says too many cooks in the kitchen. There's all these generalities of pulling in different directions. I want specifics. What the hell is going on down there? The specifics are they, they forced have the out. They forced out a really good coach, and they got what they wished for. And uh, which was a different that's not coach. What you expect. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I I have a And M number five at, as well um, because I I do think once A and M gets over the hump, I just need to see them get over the hump. I will make A and M either number two or number three probably in this in this. I record. actually have Texas over A and M for this reason and basically this reason alone. Ari, you talked. <laughs> Ari, you talked about you talked about Louisiana kids being programmed to play for LSU. Well, in the state of Texas, there's a lot more horns in Texas. If you're not in an Aggie family, you don't really care about the Aggies. You probably hate the Aggies. If you're just a kid coming up, Texas is probably they're the flagship. They've had more, you know, success in the last twenty years, uh, at least winning a national championship. You know, Vince Young, all that stuff. Uh, A&M had Johnny, but Johnny, I don't know that there was a lot about A&M that if you weren't an A&M fan, you cared about. I think Texas reels in fans. Guess what? Those casual fans grow up to be four-star recruits, and I think you have an in with a lot more kids if you are wearing the horn than you do if you're an Aggie. It's so, narrow, but it's close. Hear, but I'm going to I had, I have, I have Florida above Texas. I, I have Florida number six and Texas number seven. But but I think Florida and Texas are very similar jobs. Yes, I think that and you're I don't correct in what you're saying there, Dave, about the the Longhorns and and the Aggies. I went to a camp in Dallas uh, a week and a half ago, and there were nine top 100 players there, and every single one of them brought up A and M without being uh, prompted on it. But that's and a I fan. Think I'm talking about I, culturally. That stuff. That no, stuff. No, ebbs no, and no. Flows. But I'm saying I think that it's ebbing really hard towards A and M right now. Right now, yeah, I think it's there. It's close. I don't think they're there yet, not culturally. And yeah, just, I mean, I if think they do it again this year, which I think they will. I mean, how many top three classes you do they win. need to sign? I don't no, I mean, I know. You got to win. You got to win. You won't, this is the same thing we said about Georgia coming into the year. I said with the amount of good players on their team, it's literally impossible that they won't win a national but championship. But Georgia, Georgia had a different level of legitimacy because in year two, they outplayed Alabama in a national championship game, a game that everyone knew they should have won. They coughed it up. There were as many well, Georgia jokes, though. Yeah, they were, were, but that gave them a lot of legitimacy. A&M has Georgia gotten jokes. run off the field by a and by Alabama in the years when good. In 12, they beat yeah. them. They couldn't quite get there. 2013, they think they're going to win. They got this peak team. They lose. 2020, they get embarrassed and don't lose to anybody else. So then they win last year, and you what? What were they finishing? Nine and three, eight and four. What did a And M finish? Eight and they four last year. LSU. They finished eight. So and that four. so that negates kind of that win. You don't get to you don't get to carry that. Georgia in year two doing what they did gave them a lot more rope with the general fan when they were kind of 
a little bit, uh, you know, in a little bit of a mini valley before they peaked this well, year. And Georgia also had SEC titles during the Mark Rick era. They had yeah. 2012 when everybody knows if they'd beaten Alabama in the SEC championship game, they'd have crushed Notre Dame. Yes. So it's it's a little bit different. A and M, we 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 kind of we kind of need to see them win the West. I it's hate been to the say. same joke for twenty well, years. Somebody it's just not tell even Billy funny. Lucci That's that I'm back on the A and M train. <laughs> I'll I'll, just... I'll text him. Yeah, well, I'm like their <laughs> well, biggest well, supporter right now, and I'm wearing their colors on purpose. Or we'll, or we'll have we'll have Casey Smith text him. I'm wearing but, black for Ari's funeral. Have you noticed that every single <laughs> podcast that we've talked about since A and M signed that class, and like even going back to this past year, that like I've been all over A&M positively. Yeah, it's like, almost like not, you think recruiting is the only thing that matters. I, 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 90% of what matters. I've gathered that. It's 90% of what matters. So, but okay. So, David, I, I assume you said you have Texas above A&M. So, you have Texas 5, A&M 6. And then Florida number 7. Florida yes. 7. Ari, I have, you have Texas A&M, 6, Texas, Florida. And A&M, then Florida Oklahoma, 7. Texas. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. And then my eighth team is going to make people mad again, but I have Kentucky okay. ahead of Florida just because of quality of life. Okay. And, and, and look, we have, we've discussed that enough on this podcast that I think regular listeners will understand that if you're new here, if you just came for these rankings, you're like, Oh my God, what are you thinking? Well, the reasoning behind what Ari is saying, and I'm not agreeing with him in this particular case, but in most cases I do. Mark Stoops can win eight to nine games a year. And continue getting raises at Kentucky, Kentucky pretty much indefinitely. Counterpoint: if you went, It's really hard to win eight to nine games at Kentucky every year, true. which is which is what Mark <laughs> he doesn't have to do it every year. He yeah. doesn't have to. He'll do but it. But even once doing every five it two years. out of three years is really hard. It's two out of, really two hard. Out of three, more, enough hey, two out of three, they've won guy. double digits. I know, this but guy, that, that's why can, we're uh, not ranking coaches. We're ranking jobs. Kentucky yeah. this high is insane. I know it's, that like it's really America hard is about putting on your hard hat and getting your lunch pail and all those work hard cliches, but. Buddy, am I the only one that wouldn't mind just getting freaking paid? <laughs> you know, and I know buyouts pay you, but it's just like the guy's living the freaking dream. No, I, I, I'm not dealing with any of this bullshit that we're talking from. about at Texas and other places. I mean, the guy's got, and, and he deserves it. For what it's worth, I do think there's something to be said for the, you know, they don't really churn coaches out. They've had, Rich Brooks took the job in 2003. They've Rich Brooks did coaches. a good job too. That's yes. that's the other thing. That's my point. They've, they've had some sustainability. Yeah. It may be easier. Joker Phillips' era was the was the 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 nadir of Kentucky football, but because they were a faithful fan base that put up with a lot of stuff. But the yeah. Joker Phillips era, they were out. And three it, three coaches since 2003. That's that's pretty impressive. Which is a nice yeah. segue. Into but the one thing I wanted to say before we segue, team? I'm sorry. Go the next two that are the same job, essentially. I yes. will say that one thing that we haven't said as a group here that I think we need to make mention of is when you're ranking jobs, you also have to take into account investment in the program. And Kentucky has invested into their football program to make sure that it wasn't a joke. And I don't know if you guys have yeah. walked through those facilities there. Oh yeah, yeah. They're but nice. they're beautiful, and they've done a very I, good job. What's the timeline support- on that? I'd have to, I'd have to plead ignorance. Uh, it it is basically it feels it, relatively new. It is new. It's early Stoops is when it got started. Yeah, uh, they they started re- redoing the facility and the stadium, and it's Mitch Barnhart's done a really good job with that program. That he's the AD, he's the longest serving AD in the SEC, and institutional alignment. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a university pulling in the same direction. Okay, let's get to this. So I had Florida number six and Texas number seven. To be perfectly honest, I think they're the same job at this point. It's one of those that they're both much harder than everybody thinks they are. 
Yes. Question before we go. Do we need to make a graphic of the three of our lists next to each other for socials that we get yelled at? Absolutely. Tomorrow? Okay. Absolutely. So we get roasted. I figured as much. Uh, so do we want to get into it, Andy? Let's let's do. I, okay, I, don't, so, I, well, I will accept any argument that Texas is, is a better job than Florida, but I think they're basically the same job. Yeah. Okay. So. Andy, you got killed last year uh, for suggesting or was it two years ago? I forget the timeline. It was Something last like year. That. Yeah, it was last year. Auburn was a better job than Tennessee. I think they're pretty close. But we talked about in this podcast, I don't know why Texas A&M can't seem to get over the hump, can't seem to live at their potential. Right. I know why Tennessee can't. They've been hiring bad coaches. <laughs> like, yeah. The true test of a coach is what happens to you after you get fired. Where's Derek Dooley? Where is Butch Jones? <laughs> Where is Jeremy Pruitt? Right. Lane Kiffin is not a precise example. You've been hiring bad coaches. Right? Yeah, well, Lane, Lane Kiffin got hired by USC. Yes. That's, he didn't, that's he didn't bad get luck. Fired. That's yeah. bad luck. That's tripping and falling into three coaches in three years. That's, that's a problem that you dealt with in the worst possible way by making a bad hire. So I have Tennessee above Auburn. Uh, I'm guessing, Andy, that you have uh, issued a mea culpa and have – Oh, I'm issuing the mayor couple now. I, w- I wanted yes. to talk Texas and Florida first because I have them above. Okay, sorry. I think two. I'm ahead of you. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So I've I've got Florida six and Texas seven. Again, feel free to flip flop those if you want. They're both much harder than than people think. Uh, the Florida job, everybody's like it recruits itself. No, it doesn't. Florida, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Florida State, and Miami do not recruit themselves, as you have seen over the last ten years. You, I do. You have access there. If you get somebody that's really good down there, and maybe that's Billy Napier, maybe that's Mario Cristobal, you can turn it into a Death Star in a hurry. Mm-hmm. But it, there's just there's too many people coming to pull guys, and if you suck, you're not going to get guys. Now period. I will say, in in my criteria of do does the university do the do the best it can to try to help you, complete 180 now, and I'll give you an example. This is so. Like Urban Meyer had to beg them to build what they called a front door to the football facility. Cause used to be, if you want to go to the coach's office, you had to walk up this like back stairwell that was dusty and nasty. So they, they built a, a glass encased trophy case room so that people could walk in, but it still paled in comparison to these palaces everybody else had built. And so now they're building a foot, they'll have a football facility starting this season. So that, that like players won't have to walk across the most crowded road on the campus to go to practice. Uh, Occupational hazard. So, so right. right. And, and so that, that sort of thing matters, but little things matter too. Like for example, Dan Mullen's staff was consistently dealing with players getting parking tickets because of where they parked their mopeds. And they'd say, don't park your mopeds there, but players wanted to park because it was easier. And, and so there was tickets and all that. Billy Napier gets there and suddenly that parking area is a moped parking area that players can use. Like <laughs> sometimes it's not that hard guys. It's, it's not that hard. <laughs> you so, can be the most powerful person on your campus and flex without making enemies. That's called being a good politician, which is very key to being a good cultural head coach. Well, I think, I think Scott Strickland, their AD also, he's had to work a lot in terms of fundraising to give Billy Napier the kind of staffing he wants. Mm-hmm. And this was this is staffing, and, uh, and this predates Scott Strickland, but Will Muschamp was told no when he asked for this. Jim McElwain was basically told no when he asked for this stuff. And Billy Napier comes in and says, do you see yourselves getting your butts kicked on the recruiting trail by Georgia and Alabama? What's the difference in the recruiting operations between you and them? 
Well, it's pretty significant. So if you'd like me to take this job and have a chance, then I would like to have an operation that looks like those. And they had to raise a bunch of money to do it. So we'll see what happens. If, if let's say this works and they are continuing with that kind of institutional support, then I will put Florida up higher because yes, they have access to a lot of good players. Can I interject right something now, here? Yeah, go ahead. I was on the phone with Arch Manning's coach two days ago, oh, yeah. and he was this is a great story. About good story already. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I was a little bit concerned that people were going to read it and be like, I didn't learn anything, but uh, I've gotten some good feedback on it. Um, gushed about Florida staff in their recruiting department and how much things have changed there in such a short amount of time. And I think that anybody who's paying even 5% attention to what Florida is doing now, just in the in, in the magnitude of, of players who are just going to campus and visiting. Um, it seems like it has turned around in the snap of a finger. So I you think heard that, it here first, Arch Manning to the Gators. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> wanted, I think that Arch Manning might want to visit yeah. them. <laughs> I would want to yeah, visit it'll be, them. I, I believe in their operation. We, we've talked about this. We, we mentioned it when Billy Napier got the job. I, I think he understands how to win in the SEC. Understanding it and being able to do it might Two introduce things, you to a, but at least I might introduce you to a man it. named Jeremy yeah. Pruitt who definitely understood how to do it and could not do it. Uh, have, you guys, so, <laughs> have you guys noticed how quiet I've been the last two minutes? I'm worried. Because I'm really afraid about like my list. Like you I'm like panicking, especially because well, you said to <laughs> compile it so people can see them. Yeah. <laughs> Buddies, That's all the I fun, do not right? have Tennessee or Auburn next on my list. Well, that, like, okay. I, 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 have, I, feel I have like Texas. Let's, let's talk Texas first. Okay. And I'm going to excuse you, myself. You, well, you've explained yourself and I think you've come <laughs> around and you're, you're now where David and I are. Texas should be the number one or number two job on this list. It should, but for whatever reason, it's super hard to win there. Yeah, you it doesn't matter. To like, I, I can't explain it, but yes. Yeah, and and are you said I want specifics? I do too. We all do, but I think for the purposes of this debate discussion, it doesn't matter because it's hard. And until somebody can make it look easy, like Mac Brown did, mm-hmm. it it doesn't matter. Bill Powers, I don't know how spiritual lost odds, Mac Brown, institutional line. I don't know how spiritual you guys are. And, you know, we hit on taxes on the last show I was on. So why don't we talk about God for a minute? I don't know <laughs> what you believe uh, happens when you die. I, I don't know. Everybody's got their own opinion and I respect everybody's opinion. I don't know what happens when you die. But I do have heard the, the old myth. You got to ask God. You get three questions to God about something that you want explained to you from the earth. One of my questions is going to be like, what the hell is wrong with Texas? <laughs> <laughs> Ari, you know, Ari, you know, that, Ari, I just want to know if you at some point suffer an untimely death, I will put that on your tombstone just so you know. <laughs> he wanted to know what the hell was wrong enough to see Texas realize its potential. Couldn't wait to ask God what happened to Texas. <laughs> so you're walking, you're walking past St. Peter. You're like that Doug Eddard man, best six men in America. And then you, you get... <laughs> You get to God and you're like, all right, God, what's the secret to happiness? Oh, okay. It's waffle fries. Great. Cool. Uh, number two, what the hell's wrong with Texas? Did you number see three, Tom Herman? How does Chili's make a 3,000 calorie hamburger? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right. So let, let, we, we've, we've, we've beaten Florida and Texas to death now at this point. So now we get to my apology, which. I think he's going to lead to a, a longer apology on the internet tomorrow by Ari, but 
we'll, we'll start with my apology. And so I'd like to apologize to the Tennessee fans because I was very wrong last year. I said Auburn is a better job than Tennessee. This is when, when both jobs were open. I said, how in the world can you possibly say that, that Tennessee's a better job than Auburn? Auburn's had three undefeated seasons uh, in, the, in the last however many years. Oh, I guess it was two. 90, no, no, three. 2003, 93, 2004, 2010. Uh, so th- three undefeated seasons under three different coaches. Another coach took them within 30 seconds of winning the national title. That was Gus against Florida State. Uh, and then I haven't even mentioned Pat Dye. And I'm like, so this must be a better job because whoever gets it has a chance to succeed and at least has a year or two when they do. And Tennessee, meanwhile, was on this, this horrific run. I, and, and look, they tried to knife Tommy Tuberville in the back. They, they went up and tried to talk to Bobby Petrino, but that was a different era of college football. What we saw with Brian Harson in the last, you know, couple months. Uh, uh, no, sir. (laughs) That is not a better job than Tennessee because Tennessee and David, I will take, I'll go on further with the, I know Mm -hmm. why Tennessee was bad. Mm -hmm. You're right. You do know why, but the other reasons behind that are they were churning through presidents. They were churning through people at the, at the top. There was infighting among their biggest donors. Mm -hmm. Like, so the AD was always in a bad spot. It feels like whether that's from the top or or what Danny White has done since he took over as AD, just coming in as an outsider and being able to say, hey, can we stop all this? Let's let's just try to pull in the same direction. That athletic department feels completely different now. Yeah, I mean, so I'm torn on this because it felt completely different when Phil Fulmer took over and they had all the craziness of the search and people were like, well, we trust this guy. This guy has Tennessee's best interest at heart. They didn't know how to be an AD, right? Right. So now, if you want to – listen, Tennessee fans don't want to hear this. If you want to draw a straight line from Danny White to John Curry, you probably could. They're very good at being – I don't directors. think John Curry was a bad – Like I, know I don't either, but John I don't either. But the, John Curry's a good AD. Look at he, Kansas he, State. Look at Wake. But the 2017 hire – sullied him you know you can't mm-hmm. talk to tennessee fans about john curry ever because yeah. he's an idiot he's the worst person in the world he's satan incarnate whatever okay so you have an ad who obviously has a record of running athletic departments i think that's very good you have uh a, a chancellor and donnie plum seem to like and people seem to eyeing toward institutional alignment um but you got to keep winning and I, I think that's that's part of it this still that institutional alignment goes really gets really easy when you're recruiting well and you have a good coach and you do all these things. And, and Josh Heupel has not shown one thing in the what year and five year and two months that he's had to suggest that you know he's not going to be at least competent. Mm-hmm. But you but you can't win eight games every because that institutional alignment will crumble in a hurry if that starts happening. So I, I, I think Tennessee may be also very well suited for the NIL era. I definitely think so. Because I definitely think the case. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I feel all, the same way about Auburn. Mm-hmm. But Auburn, look, Brian Harson's the wrong coach for Auburn. I, I don't, I don't think they chose well. I don't think they should have done what they did to him. I, there's a, there was a better way to do that. Those two things coexist exactly. I think Tennessee's a better job than Auburn right now because Auburn's administration is just a shambles. Like, well, it, I, I, one of the no, no that... competent administration would have let that happen that yes. way. And I think one thing as a separate point. One thing that I did prioritize in these rankings is if you have the whole state behind you, 
that does matter. You can yeah. go from Memphis and you can go from Memphis to the North Carolina state line and you're going to see power tees everywhere. You're not going to see Titans crap. You're never going to see that. Yeah, Memphis it's, to Bristol, baby. All yeah, the way. That's all Tennessee. The Vols are the only show in town. Auburn, you're still the little brother with looking up at a gigantic jacked big brother. That is a problem. Tennessee has some its own problems with access to talent and all. They have a lot of big picture issues that have changed in college football that have posed issues for them, not unlike Nebraska. But at least they have an entire state behind them, and I do put value on that. And so I had Tennessee uh, ahead of Auburn at, at number seven. So I yeah I, I have speak up I here? have Tennessee number eight and Auburn. I'm number scared nine. for Ari. Ari, here we go. Ari, it's your Vandy. Let's do it. <laughs> Last year. No, 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 no. I'm not that, I'm not that insane. <laughs> have you guys been to Broadway? It's very nice. It's very <laughs> I do, well, I do like the Gulch. I just don't like paying $900 a night to stay in a Fairfield Inn. Um, I, I do. Last year, if you remember, I put Tennessee last on my list. Because just the entire dysfunction of the organizational thing was such a turnoff to me. It was like the same cycle. So, of is higher Auburn coach, number 14 now? Higher, I'll, I'll finish. We'll wait for um, it. Okay. I don't or want to tell you where I have team. Auburn because I don't Are want you to sound like you sound like a man who wouldn't want to go somewhere that tried to rob you of $12 for doing what a lot of other people were doing here. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Continue. Anyway. Anyway, I, I but the thing I was trying to say is that Tennessee was in this weird cycle and for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, Dave. They were hiring a coach. Fans wanted a, a, an 11 win season in year two fired. And it was like it's the cycle of Fans not understanding where Tennessee belongs on the map, but also hiring coaches without giving them enough time to let them cook or, or, or hiring bad coaches and firing them immediately. And they've gone through this cycle and it just seemed like a, a fan base for a long time. And I don't know if it was just because of my experience watching the whole Greg Schiano thing unfold. It seems like there was a fan base that's not in touch with the realistic expectations of what that program should be at this current time. And to me, that's always a very uncomfortable place to be in if you're the head coach of that program. Maybe. Whereas, I, I think you're not wrong, but jobs, I, you're not wrong, but I think they just don't want to sit at three and nine ever. I think that's not, I, I think, you know, I, I, the Butch Jones era is so complicated because on the one hand, going nine and four at Tennessee is not the easiest thing in the world and is not something to, especially considering the recent history in the last 15 years of Tennessee football. Winning nine games because Bush Jones is unimpeachably their most successful coach of that post former era. Correct. Not something to just shrug at, but in the same breath, if you watch those games, that team aggressively underachieved. Well, and it's, that it's, is a it's tough the way it happened. They, yes. they beat Florida finally. They beat Georgia on the Dobnail boot. And then you're going to lose to South Carolina. And you're going to lose to South Vandy. Carolina. And then you're gonna go, like and then you're gonna go champions of life, and and then after uh, that season, five star hearts, and I mean it. It's it a fine line. Quickly. It's a fine line. So well, I don't. I just like, I don't know fans who hate Butch Jones. Yeah, and I'm not saying that Tennessee did. fans are wrong. I think it's dangerous to be the head coach at a program with a lot of problems when your fan base expects a lot. I just don't know that that would be a very fun situation or existence to live as a head coach. So it's, like I yeah I it's have, not fun but that's what the money's for. It's tough. No, I know, I mean, but the money is, is there at other places where you don't. If have to somebody wanted to make the case, so if like, somebody wanted to make the case that I think you're basically making Ari, which is that Tennessee's fans' expectations are outsized of what the program can realistically achieve. Real. You might be. You might. You might be right. However, the program has been operating at so far below what the realistic expectations are that you can't blame the sort of constant 
anger that Tennessee fans have with their program. And right now it's all hunky-dory. Or Tennessee coaches get fired and then explode into the abyss. It's just like, there's no real coming back. You know what I mean? I'm just so happy for their fans right now that they got to be happy and they get to go into an off season happy. It's just the least angry I've seen Tennessee fans. They haven't gotten to feel that in so long. Like Mm -hmm. it's it. And, and look, these are some of the most passionate, faithful fans in America. I think we say that a lot. We can say I mean, that I've, about I've a lot had of Twitter fans. Twitter come after me. I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> Tennessee fans are legit. They show up. Yeah. Um, so okay, I had, so I had Tennessee Kentucky. at 10. Okay. So who do you have at eight and nine? I have eight. Florida's eight for me because okay. I put Kentucky at seven and nine. I put Mizzou ahead of Tennessee. What? Is, what? Know, okay. I All right. Know, we need it. I know. I'll, I just. All right, why? You don't even let me say anything before they signed Luther Burton. All right. Here's the floor. Why is Missouri the number? You went to Missouri, Dave. You should be patting me on the back right now. I'm I'm raising an eyebrow, but let's hear. Dumbfounded. It's because like, and I, I almost put Tennessee at nine because Tennessee is is a, a program that's won a national championship in my lifetime. I was just thinking about my existence as a coach, and I just feel like I would rather like my life would be better if I was the Mizzou coach than the Tennessee coach. Like, and they've also shown your a life pulse. wouldn't be better as the Mizzou coach than the Arkansas coach or the Ole Miss coach or the yeah. Mississippi State coach. I'm with Andy on this one. Yeah, I or mean, the they're South all Carolina like, the, coach. You know how we, you know how we always get to this point in the rankings where it just like uh, flip all these in a round or put them in, in, on dice and roll them, and then if that's, I the actually order, don't feel like, that way about. I don't. Like, I, like, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel I like maybe Mizzou is a little bit go. overranked, but like I, don't I just feel think Mizzou has so many issues. For we'll get to them later, but. Did you Mizzou has, is we'll get to them where they belong, not where they're you handcuffed them, right? by like eighty-five different things that make life very hard for them. And also, recruiting is everything. They just signed a top fifteen class. It was the best class in school history ever. It's the first time in, in a long time that their coach understood what to do. So, what happened to stars mattering, Ari? Do they yeah, matter? No, I, I, <laughs> but like part of this is a quality of life too, and I just don't like. I don't know. I feel like Mizzou would be a nice place to cruise and get paid without like real like you kind of like be like a. Under the radar not, type though, things are very cheap there. I will say, uh, I went back there for one of my professors was retiring. Uh, this was six or seven years ago. I went back there and uh, colleagues. I hung out with Robert Mays uh, of uh, the NFL Show. We, we were hanging out with a couple other former uh, Mizzou writers back in the day. We spent an entire day watching NFL games uh, at this like sports bar on campus. Um, my bill, we got we got a bunch of burgers, bunch of fries. My bill at the end of the day was twelve dollars. <laughs> we were there about Great. seven yes, hours. You can you can build a castle <laughs> with a moat around it as the as the Missouri football. But ask Mary Odom, ask yeah. Mary Odom, you don't really cruise there. Like they, yeah. Here's where I change. Here's the where I kind of aired here, guys. I was trying to make a point that Tennessee would be miserable, so I put a team ahead of them to <laughs> illustrate that. Like I think working at Tennessee <laughs> would just be awful. So like I, maybe I should have put Ole Miss or Arkansas ahead, but like to me, like I don't feel very passionate about any of those three places. Listen, I think if, so. If you were if you were the, the Tennessee coach and you listened to talk radio, you would be miserable. But yeah. you don't have to do that. I know, but I just I feel like the the existence of the last three Tennessee coaches has been like horrid. 
But like, they made, like well, yeah, way. but they were they were bad coaches again. Yeah, they no, don't know, know how to run know, a program. I, I just like if you're a good yeah. coach, you can be you can be, be good. Open your Twitter account, follow the AD, follow the president, follow like four key donors, and then shut the app and never look at it ever again. <laughs> never. Don't read. Don't read. Don't read anything. I mean, I think that's easier don't, said don't than done. Don't listen to when, talk radio in town because send you mean tweets. Do you not read them? I read every single thing somebody says. Uh, to me. If it if it's something that I it, I'll. If people are just like piling on over something stupid, I'll generally not look at it. Somebody uh, tweeted at Andy yesterday, like, "Oh my God, Ari on another podcast, my ears are bleeding." Like, like I, I read everything, <laughs> so I retweeted it naturally. Yeah, of course, because you had to make me feel As worse one about does. myself. <laughs> and buddy, if you if you my your ears are bleeding because of me, then I got a real nice suggestion for you. You can shut the show off and then wait for me not to be <laughs> Ari. On. Like, you gotta hit you him do with the listening. You've seen private parts, right? Where they do yeah. the listener survey and they're like. Fifty uh, percent of the people say they listen to it, they love him, and they listen to him because they can't wait till they hear hear what he says next. And then seventy five percent of the people say they hate him, and a hundred percent of those people say they listen because they want to hear what he says next. That's <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. Well, I hope that's go. the case. I just like I feel like sometimes people make me feel bad. So like when I feel bad, like I can't imagine what it would be like if Vol Twitter hated me every single D- day David, of my existence. Ari just described the Bush Jones era. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I just, right, I don't he lived, know. He lived that. Dude, Pretty much the, the second, person that the... put that put Kentucky at number seven for quality of life, and then you're freaking out because I don't have Tennessee right behind. He went him. from the king of the town to uh, public enemy number one the second they lost to South Carolina. Also, like, and I don't, and I'm, I, I make mistakes sometimes, and I don't keep up with things. But like, where are the last three Tennessee coaches right now? I can break that down for you. Yeah, break actually. it down for me. Are they like, do they even have uh, the So Butch Jones is Arkansas State's head coach. Had a yeah. very bad first year. Uh, did not go well. He was in, uh, the joke is that he was an intern at Alabama. He was just an analyst and off-field coach. Uh, I think because Nick Saban used the word intern one time and Tennessee fans thought it was funny and just ran with it. Uh, I'm not going to deny that it is kind of funny. It's also a little mean and not accurate, but whatever. Uh Derek Dooley uh, earned a reputation as one of the uh, least accomplished position coaches in the NFL. If you were ranking one of the most underachieving position groups in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys wide receivers would be up there, would they not? He had a real lengthy run there. Uh, well, what happens not... if you have Kirk Cousins as your quarterback? It <laughs> <laughs> went in a long way where it did not, work. It did not go well for them. So yeah. they, he, he left there, and then he was with the Giants for a while. And then the Giants, obviously, Joe Judge fired. He was sent to pasture. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt was a defensive analyst, off-field person, with working with I think the ty- working with I think the linebackers um, with the Giants, the Giants last year. Yeah. And he also um, was he's sort of in limbo now that Joe Judge has been cleared out. They were on the same staff last year with the Giants. Jeremy Pruitt's still figuring out what he wants to do. I've heard some various rumors about where he may or may not end up. I don't think you'll see him in college for quite some time. Maybe Shoot a few years. Shoot me directly into the sun. I will say I do think okay. you'll see I do think you'll see Jeremy Pruitt be a big time defensive coordinator at some point again. Yeah. In, in college. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's where they ended up. So, so if you guys want to get upset, you can flip Arkansas with <laughs> with with Missouri and my list doesn't change. Like Arkansas. No, no, no. Of... You're gonna have to you're gonna have yes, to own yes. this one. So, so number 10, where are we at? Uh, I I had Kentucky behind Auburn at 10. Uh I had Arkansas at number 11 because I do too. They are, See, place, we agree. they are a place that will give you what you need. Mm-hmm. The problem is you don't have a lot of access to players. Yes. Fight I it. guess I'm on an Island for number 10. 
I mean, there's nothing I, more desirable on the face of the earth than taking a job uh, at a program that gets their head beat in constantly every year because yeah. they're in a conference they don't really, they can't, aren't equipped to compete in. My number that's 10. Awful. Yeah, but that's that's pretty much everybody from here on out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, not on my so list. Maybe Ole Miss. Have you noticed that I haven't said anybody yet? Is there somebody <laughs> missing from mine? No. I'm surprised because I care much about history. I care a lot about passion and access to talent. I have South Carolina at number 10. I think your ceiling is pretty high there. Um, it's certainly higher than where they're at right now. I think if you get the right coach in there, I don't know that you can have a Death Star, but I think the you can have – The ceiling is high at North, at South Carolina? I think because of Dabo, I think because of Dabo, it's not. And he can't – Dabo's not – well, but Dabo's not immortal. Awful right now. The only Dabo's time not South Carolina has ever been point. good Dabo is because is, they happen to have three five-star Dabo is the point because you, it's something you have to deal with. When, when Steve Spurrier started at South Carolina – and once he got it really rolling, that was before Dabo got Clemson rolling. Once Dabo got Clemson rolling, South Carolina went right back to where South Carolina was. And I say, I grew up if a you, South if, Carolina fan. If, if I, I experienced that utility. A senior right now, where would he go? <laughs> Who? Jadavion Clowney. Where would he go? Yeah, he'd I mean, go he'd go to Clemson, obviously. I think that's the floor, it. I think Put the, him but, yeah. but, underneath the stadium. But that, that doesn't have to be the case always. The floor for South Carolina is really low. I don't disagree with you, but I think it's much higher. So, the I only think time I they've ever been good is because coach. they had a few five-star prospects in state that didn't have a Clemson to consider and went there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think Shane Beamer's a good coach, but this is this is a really tough job right now, and and that that factors in. Like Clemson being what it is matters in terms of the job. Mm-hmm. Once Dabo retires, we can re reevaluate it. But as long as he's there and doing what he's doing, this is a very hard job. I was told from Ari Wasserman. That the Clemson dynasty is over. Eh, it's still better over. than South I just Carolina. Don't think they're going to be. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, like, I guess if the if the Clemson dynasty is defined by beating South Carolina, it's very much alive. Yeah, uh, I also had I, I also <laughs> had I also had Arkansas number eleven. Um, I think they have a lot of big picture issues. I'm curious now that you have Texas and Oklahoma coming in there. If you can reconnect that Arkansas pipeline a little bit more and maybe rise up this list, I, I was have, thinking about that too. And and like you have Arkansas, the entire Oklahoma's, state behind you. Yeah, which is, which Arkansas matters. Oklahoma has never been a rivalry, but I do wonder: do they siphon off some players who would have gone to Oklahoma State or Texas Tech? Possibly. Or and look, Arkansas is is out recruiting Texas Tech and and a lot of years out recruiting Oklahoma State anyway. But would they get maybe the best of their class to say, hey, come? play in the SEC, play against Oklahoma and Texas, and show them why you should have been offered by them. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I think uh, Tulsa is an recruiting ground um, for a couple of reasons. For whatever reason, Oklahoma's never been heavy into Tulsa. Uh, it's kind of Oklahoma State territory. Uh, they've kind of done some other things. But I think if Arkansas can pick that up, get some 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 big-time Tulsa talent, that can help. Um, but, yeah, I think, I'm curious what, what Arkansas – their recruiting in Texas looks like because the thought was when they hired Chad Morris that they could help with some of that. Uh, well, there were a lot of other issues that outweighed that, but Chad Morris did recruit relatively well. Um, yeah, but we'll see. Sam Pittman's like the only coach I've ever talked to who's taken over a program was like, nope, players are pretty good here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah. So uh, the cupboard was not bare. All right. So we're at number 12 for everybody now. Uh, yes, my, yes. My 12 is Ole Miss. Mine too. This is where I have Missouri. Um, so we're Missouri? not that far off. You made me feel like an asshole. Come on. We're not that far off. <laughs> now, here's the like thing. Here's the thing. I think Missouri has a lot. Missouri has a lot, has more in-state talent. I wrote 
this week, actually. Uh, you should read it. Uh, Great story, by the way, and Thank stole you. my state of the program right up from underneath me. Too. Yes, Thanks, Missouri has a lot more in-state talent than people realize uh, because Missouri is not, uh, you know, obviously a historical power, but you Two can make major your, you, cities. You can on make your money. You got Kansas State, City yeah. and St. Louis. That. Uh, Mizzou does matter. I think the biggest thing working against them, and in the story, I thought it was interesting that Eli Drinkett sort of flipped it on its head of that people are fans of pro sports, but they are all fans of Missouri, which is not not true. But the problem that Missouri There's some Kansas into, fans in Kansas City. Yeah, right? there is. There's a problem that you run into at Mizzou that I'm not sure anyone else in the SEC has at all, which is that there are not very many people who Mizzou is the number one team that they have that they care about 365 days a year. It's Chiefs, Royals, uh, Cardinals, obviously, and then kind of Blues a little bit. Mizzou is like the second or third team that they care about the most for almost all the fans in the state, which is – that's just something – Mizzou could win 12 games the next four seasons, and you still wouldn't change that. It's just cultural. And it's just different. Um, This is where we get into some of the realignment. And and very different from everywhere else. Everyone of the other – teams that are remaining alive on our list have signed a five-star prospect in the last five years. Ole Miss has. It's a good question. Are we counting? Missouri had DGB. But Ole Miss is ahead. Them I, I put Ole Miss ahead. Oh, you had Ole Miss. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I well, have, because I, I have, again, Ari, every now and then Kansas City and St. Louis do do produce. I mean, Luther Burden I mean, last if, year. I think if Missouri could own St. Louis, if they could make that their mission, They're and trying. obviously that was the entire angle yeah. of your story. Yeah. And, and Drink has, has at least – Acknowledged. See, the thing that I like about him is that he problem gets. is you got to deal with Big Ten teams yeah. coming in there, like Zeke. Yes, Zeke going to Ohio State. Ohio State is a I factor. Mean, if you, you if compete you have with a five Ohio star State running player. back. You got to deal with Ohio State everywhere, so it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't true. matter where you are. That's probably. True. Um, but they have a city that has talent in it. Yeah, two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think that matters. So my thirteen. I, I this the rest of my list is just like. Can we just get to my last? I had Ole Miss 13. Quick. Ole yeah. Miss, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Missouri, Vanderbilt for me. I had Kentucky okay. at 14. Okay, so mine is is Ole Miss, Mississippi State, 13, 14, South Carolina because of the Clemson block, 15, Vandy because mm-hmm. have you been to Broadway? And finally, <laughs> number 16, Auburn. I don't want to work anywhere were the people who are my boss behave the way they just behaved. And I don't care about I can't history. argue with the state guard. I, I don't care about how they've won a national championship or how they're inexplicably good sometimes or how their last coach was able to beat Alabama. All that stuff is true. I get it. I do not want to be stabbed in the back or in the face by my employer. So Auburn, get the hell out of my list. Ari, I will say, listen, I like to think I'm not bad at my job, but in the event that I'm very bad at my job, I would not want the people who were affected by me being bad at my job to start salacious rumors that affected my family. Correct. Uh, yes. That's a problem. So Ari, yeah. also, I might disagree Dave, with you, but I cannot argue with your reason. Yeah, I, I disagree uh, on where, where you, you have this, them here. in the ranking, but I don't disagree on your why. Well, it's the point I think that your I'm why making. is 100% yes. correct. And here's the other thing that really annoys me about the scenario. And I think I've said this before, but Dave, you're a tremendous sports writer. Andy, amazing sports writer. If you got hired by the Washington Post to drop down and cover politics tomorrow maybe you would do an okay job i don't know i know i would do terrible so let's just use me as an example because i don't know anything about politics if they if the washington post says we need a journalist and they found a journalist and it happened to be my recruiting person they're like go cover the white house 
And then they hired me to t- do that job. And I obviously took it because they offered me a, a heck of a lot of money. What was the star ranking of the secretary of the interior? <laughs> yeah, no, but like I'm saying, like I would take that job probably because it's the Washington post. They probably tripled my salary. It's a prestigious institution and everybody would want to work there. Kind of the way He's that Auburn is to it, to a group of five coach. And then they hate him for his inability to do the thing that they should have hired for. It right. makes they, no they, sense. They for being the guy that they hired. You hired this person with this background that was going to approach it this way and probably said so in the interview, and then you hang the guy because of it? Come on. Get out of here. Well, again, I, here, I just think that, that, stuff, that stuff crossed the line so far. Like, I'm surprised he's going to work, guys. I, I, have, I would leave. That stuff. You, you, just, when we, you just be like the, Peter the, in office space. You go, you go <laughs> gut a fish on your desk and just walk out. The thing uh, is, yeah, we've seen, Peter, we've seen uh, similar things like that. Today. When we've seen similar things like that, the reason they come out, Ari, is because they're true. When they're that is so far beyond I, I just I I felt angry for him. Quite I quickly. hope that Auburn doesn't win ever again. <laughs> and I don't and have a dog in the fight. A lot of hate. Man, yeah. I, I mean, it's like it sucks for their fans because their fans have nothing to do with this. Right. It, they exactly. didn't they have do a great this. fan base. They're loyal. Yeah. It just they, it was they didn't disgusting. do any of this. It was yeah. disgusting. It is. It that is wow. So be last on my list. I don't care. And you can post this graphic on the internet, and everybody can freak out at me. I'm gonna own. Ari this. Wasserman. I hope Auburn never wins another game. <laughs> no, I mean, listen. The people do, until their I staff not... changes. I hope that the, I hope that the people who run the show change so that we can. It just that's disgusting to me. Yeah, I have no issue with your why. Like yeah. again, I I wouldn't put him 16, but I don't blame you. Because and quality, of life. Guess quality of I'm life can mean death many threats from everybody who went to Auburn for the next two weeks. But, I don't uh, think you will, though. I, I think there are a lot of Auburn people who agree with you. Yeah, I think who are right. angry about the way this was handled. Yeah, you can hate a guy's coaching job and think he sucks, and that's part of the deal. Well, here's that the thing was too, not guys. part of the deal. That's not how what you often up for. do you feel bad for a coach? Not very. Not I that never one of you. But I, I felt I terrible never feel for Ryan bad. Harson while that was going on. I oh, generally you got hired, enjoy your thirty million dollar buyout. I yeah. genuinely feel bad for Brian Harson. Ari stars matter, Andy. That's what the money's for. I was with Andy most of the time, but that time you're not paid to do that to, to endure that. No, that's, and that's and your family shouldn't have to go through that. And and it's just like I that week I was writing because it sounded like they'd made the decision. I was like, okay, they're going to pay his buyout, and that'll be that. And then when they decided they're too cheap to pay his buyout, I'm like, come on, you put him through all that. I wonder and if you'd be able to win a lawsuit this? over this. Yeah. 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 It's just uh, unbelievable. We have to move on to French fries now. Yes. That's <laughs> this is now, now that we got Ari Good and Lathered, we're we're fully ready for this. <laughs> now let's talk about the important stuff. All right. So the, where this started is we were doing our fish sandwich spiel last week. And I had gone to Arby's to get the fish sandwiches, and I noticed a sign on the window that said, we now have crinkle fries. And I'm like, why in the hell would you serve crinkle fries when you already have curly fries? It's great because question. I've seen this sign. I've eaten those very crinkle fries. They're fine. They're crinkly. Yeah. Right. But curly fries are better. Like, inherently better. So why would you order crinkle fries? Why would you offer crinkle fries when you can offer curly fries? Or when you already offer them? So... And that it's your this, signature item, I would I hate to tell oh, yeah, you, we, too, but crinkle, crinkle fries are, like, at the bottom rung of fries, too. I know you course, love them. Or no, no, I mean, rank, curly Ari, fries. That's the <laughs> curly whole point fries. of this I'm just saying, you're, like, obsession with curly fries. I'm like, I would put them at the bottom of the trash can next to crinkle Oh, my fries. gosh. Ari. No. And by the, okay, we'll talk but about this, but our season's <laughs> better. 
They're, Season they're not fries like... and curly fries the same or different? I had a really hard time with this. Uh, uh, see, no, no, because Checkers would... has seasoned fries and aren't curly right. fries. Right. Okay. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Is that is seasoned fries a type? I may have to change my list. Well, is garlic well, fries I, a type? I was or leaning cheese on... fries a type? No, it's a type of no, potato. No, 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 no. Regular curly fries are a thing, but you would have a hard time finding those at any normal establishment outside of like a diner or something. Yeah, I've, that I've been to a couple. Well, we're talking curly fries. I'm curly talking fries. specifically Arby's. Okay. Yes. Um. So do do we have should should I add into my because like if you said season specifically like like a checkers or rallies if you're on the west coast that fry is a really good fry tremendous fry I need to put that I on my list my, somewhere, uh, so. pregnant fiance I almost feel like through a checkers and I said have you ever <laughs> had these before and she said I've never had them before and I took her through the drive through just and she was like not eating fries at the time. I said, you're just I'm going to get a small and you're, just you're gonna have one. Your daughter is made of checkers fries. No, she only was she only wanted to eat one because I said, you have to try it. I said, then you're going to I'll order a small and we'll throw the rest in the trash. You have to eat it. She ate it and she goes. Hmm. And I was like, I don't know who am I marrying? <laughs> <sighs> oh, oh Britt, I have to talk. Oh, my. Oh, wow. Man. All right. So. Do we start at the top of this, or do we go from the bottom to the top? I mean, we all can well, agree we'll that go bottom. We'll bottom, go bottom. Right? Let's start from Crinkle's the bottom. not at the bottom, Ari. It is. There's there's one below it for me. How many did Crinkle. you guys go out to ten? I went ten. I did ten. I'm 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 losing one because there's really not an example of this anywhere in fast food. I had matchstick at number ten, yes. but nobody serves those, so. I'm I'm gonna put that season fry in somewhere higher because it deserves to be. Yes. I just I wasn't sure if that's something we because seasoning is is different, you know. But I kept yes. the matchstick mostly because I am a, I'm a big steak frites guy. If it's on a menu, I'm probably gonna okay. order it. And really, if you're going steak frites, they're gonna be matchstick fries. So anyway. my, my my number ten is shoestring. Like this is this is like uh, steak and shake fries. They're, they're horrible. Like order two burgers. Don't even bother with fries. <laughs> My number ten is steak fries. I'm a texture boy. What can I say? And I don't want a mushy potato with like a weird skin on it. Uh, there My, needs to be. Yeah. I should not. Basically, if I can, if I can eat these fries in silence, I don't want even want to eat them. You should be able to hear me eating these fries. See, I love. I love steak fries. I love when when you, you can dip them in the steak juice. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I had that my steak steak fries actually finished number three on my list. I'm out on number ten fries. for me is crinkled because they're trash. Yeah, they are trash. Nah, and that's why fun. they haven't. That's why they're number nine on my <laughs> list. Guys are supposed every single fry. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this without getting fired. So I don't know how to say this. Okay. <laughs> how would you get we fired? Don't want, over we don't want Ari to be fired. I'm scared now. No, no, no. I want to know how you think you're going to get fired over saying something about fries. No, it's not just fries. It's an analogy, and I don't like. I'm like really nervous. I'm gonna have to caution Ari. Now, now we're. Um, How about this? Um, I'll bleep it out if you're gonna. If we think, hell, Ari, if we think you're gonna get fired, we'll bleep it out. Okay. Pizza and fries are like sex. When they're bad, it's still sex. (laughs) That's not that bad, Ari. That's not gonna get you fired. It is plagiarism because that is a scene from the the. Not just the movie threesome, the trailer for the movie threesome that ran over and over and over I and over. Authored it. I'm just saying it's appropriate. You're yeah, and somebody tweeted like, at us last like, week too. They yeah. did. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh no, I've said pizza, yeah. The, and the pizza line thing for to... the movie threesome, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, sex is like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's good. Yeah. So, like, if the restaurant offers crinkled fries, 
I will lovingly eat them. They're not. They don't taste I'm at bad. Yeah. Like I, I, there's no fry on this list that I won't eat. Like that's the thing that like people. Say, I, oh, well, I, actually, I, I'll say this: my number nine, which is wedges. Same reason as steak fries. I not. I will yeah, not eat those. My wife loves the. KFC Dude, you are. I, I'm gonna hang up. I'm, I gotta go. <laughs> I can't do this shit. Right <laughs> Give me a crunch. I, I. You don't get those with the Crunch, most wedges. Crinkles, if you get them one second out of the fryer, are are okay. So I mean, shoestrings are the only ones on on my list that I truly don't enjoy and would rather have something else. Well, shoestrings are nine for me. They're we are now into the, like we're on number eight on my list. We are now into the part of the list where I enjoy, or no, we're uh, yeah, we're on number eight. We're now into the part of the list where I enjoy all of it. I enjoy these from here on out. Number eight, you get these kind of a lot of times at the fair or at you know some sort of event. Tornado fries, the the where they cut the whole potato and they put it on a stick and they, they drop Confession, it. In the fire. I've never had these. I've seen them. I've never I, have, had them. I have. I have. Uh, uh, I have coveted these. Yeah, but I've never they're, actually they're, gotten one. I'm a corn dog funnel cake man. They're really good. They're just they're not widely available. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So okay, well, my number eight are curly because they're they're whatever. Like I've no. I, I don't understand how a establishment will be like, okay, well, we're going to have sandwiches and we're also going to have fries along with those sandwiches. Like how they would arrive on crinkle cut fries or curly fries. Like when I there do are curly so fries many- and I dip them in a... So basically what happens is if I go to Arby's or I make my wife go because there's an Arby's very close to our house, I will say, I need you to go. We're going to get uh, a sandwich and then a large curly fry. And I have a very key phrase that I say to the person. I say, Give me... Much RB sauce as you can give me without yourself in trouble, because I will dip, <laughs> I will dip the sandwich and the fries in the RB sauce. Which Dude, RB sauce, fast food new... sauces is another 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 ranking for another day. Yeah, yeah that's another sauce. Fries, the best sauce sauce got there, but elite. elite horsey sauce is elite. Horsey sauce and RB sauce are both good. I think you know. <laughs> you like horsey sauce? It's mayonnaise. I yeah, I don't really like. I don't really like. Uh, it is, but is, it is horseradish too. Horseradish. I like the spiciness. You, you of ever it. taken the horsey sauce and throwing a little ketchup in the middle of there? You know, put it together, and you got yourself. You got yourself a dipping sauce, boys. You, you can actually mix. Sauce you can mix RB sauce and horsey sauce, and I realize I, I'm an anti Thousand Island and everything, but Arby's is so elite. With their with their it dipping sauces, they, they, they also have, have a lot honey of mustard and barbecue there, don't they? Don't sleep on the Arby's turnovers, by the way. Arby's yeah. just has they a have lot of a, good items. Jamocha yeah, they, shake. Their their that, fish sandwich is fair. Their fish sandwich is good. The 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 three pepper sauce that Arby's makes is really really good. Uh, all right, so I had curly number seven, and I I like curly fries. I just don't like them as much as these other ones. Um, so I I don't. The ones that curl all around like six times, those are the elite curly fries. Mm-hmm. The the little nublets that you so get at the bottom bag of, the, sucks. of yeah. the cup are yeah, terrible. Got it. But I had I had so I th- think we're allowed actually because I think before this you mentioned only the regular potato, but I think I'd already made my list. So I have the sweet potato at eight. Strong. Uh, see, I love sweet potato fries. I just didn't include them because we're, we're going with the russets. And then here. I had crinkle cut at seven because they're fine and I will enjoy them yeah. and they have a little bit of crunch to them. Yeah, so I had I had wedges at number six. I like a wedge, especially like now. You guys don't live in Publix territory. Well, you do. You got Publix in Tennessee. Okay, there's a Publix, there's okay. a Publix about ten so minutes from my house. Publix, Publix wedges with Publix chicken tenders. That's a hell of a meal right there. Interesting. You know whose crinkle cut fries are actually good? Raising Cane's. 
Uh, it's another thing where it's like you go to Raising Cane's, like, why would you why would you choose this? They have great sauce. I yeah. all the people I, know, that I would dip my Cane's. finger in their sauce. Their sauce well, is well, the why is Cane's sauce. choosing it is what Ari's asking. And I, I get Cane's that question. Like, what kind of fry yeah. can we throw in here? Oh, the worst kind of fry ever to go with the best <laughs> chicken tender. Get yeah. out of right. here. It's, 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 it's it is, and it is all those chicken tender places feel the need to to have crinkle cut fries, which is a problem for me because I don't like slaw, so I go double fries, no slaw. That's so I'm right. just, but at least Cane's makes up for the toast. You got the yeah. toast. Oh, oh it is fantastic. Sometimes, my, uh, sometimes I go double toast. Yeah, my uh, number six tots. Oh, see, I didn't, I didn't go. I didn't tot. even tell you my tots seven. A different was. thing too. Like my seven right. was was waffle. I just wanted to say that seven was waffle. Wow. All right, All right. you're. I think you're on the wrong end of the waffle Friday. Oh, I'm not on the wrong end of it. I'm correct. I know I'm correct. I know how they taste. I've eaten thousands of Chick Fil A fries in my lifetime. I would take them over Crinkle the thousand, but they're not the most satisfying. Ultimately, waffle is a is a. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. All right, number five. Number five for me is the seasoned fry. This is your checkers fry. This is your. I I would say your Long John Silver's fry too. I don't know if they're seasoned so much as just fried in the batter that they fry the fish in and so there's a different taste kfc did some similar things with not as much yes. success recently my wife yes. was very mad they took the wedges off of the uh off the menu but yes uh, i had seasoned number four so i had them i had them five uh my number four is standard cuts so this would be your mcdonald's fries this would be uh the ideal surface to volume ratio that that sort of thing you're getting insanity. crispy chewy all all at once <laughs> you're gonna throw waffle number one and i'm gonna throw my computer against it you're gonna <laughs> i'm not that throwing file. waffle number one i'm not I, I i can see this from a mile away okay so I'm regular fries number one i'll give you a hint my number one my number one is on your uh mall food court poo-poo platter oh okay okay that's good uh, my number one is a regular fry uh from like mcdonald's a fresh mcdonald's or burger king has actually really good fries um, my number two was seasoned. My number three was steak. I'm just naming the ones that you yeah. guys were. And the reason why steak fries are so good is because there's no better, there's no better compliment to a steak than French fries, in my opinion. And French fries at steakhouses are elite level fries because you're not getting them at Runza. Like you're getting them at a steakhouse. <laughs> yeah. And, and then my number four is tots and number five is wedges. So like you are all, like we've already <laughs> eclipsed yeah, mine. We're, we're, I had, I had a, uh, so my stand. The, the McDonald's fry is the number three. I had Curly at number two. And Ari, do we need to call a repairman because number one, listen, the waffle fry is a master of American engineering because if you put that fry in a little bit of sauce, those little I pockets, am not suck it up, them you pull it up, and that, that, the efficiency, the efficiency I'm talking about if you, that. The way I did my rankings, and I don't know how you guys did it, it's the same thing that Andy pulled with the fish sandwich. <laughs> You can't rank the fish sandwich because of something else that they put on it that has nothing to do with the fish sandwich. I rank my fries fries. by which ones are the most enjoyable by themselves. I can eat Chick-fil-A waffle fries, but that that efficiency. Stetson Bennett has never seen efficiency like a waffle fry being dipped. So I I eat waffle fries plain. I'll dip them in ketchup. I'll dip them in Polynesian sauce. It does not matter. My rankings are which ones are plain the best. I will dip anything into anything. I love well, a good dip. waffle fries. To me, are great plain. They're elite dipped in ketchup. Yes, and so I, I they, are, they are my number two. Chick Fil A fries. So you'll look yeah. me in the eyes right now, Andy, and say the waffle fry at Chick Fil A is better than a fresh fry at McDonald's. That is absolutely one hundred percent. Ari, if you ask it's me, it's not even close. Yeah, if you ask me a hundred times, would I rather get fries from Chick Fil A? Or McDonald's a hundred times. Look on Ari's face right now is killing me. A hundred times. I I honestly don't know who you are. Sometimes, (laughs) 
Neither of you. I mean, I would like to go back in time and eat the 1990s beef tallow McDonald's fries, and maybe we could revisit this. But I, I, I ate a lot of them, and I, I will tell you, sugar the, on McDonald's the, the fries. farts that that lingered on the cloth seats of my Toyota Corolla in the 90s, but that were a mixture, a melange, if you will, of a 20 count chicken McNuggets and a supersized fry. Like that, that is the. Like a- that sounds that like an the, early uh, an early two thousands punk song, Andy. The it's fart the deadliest the fart. My Toyota Corolla. It is the deadliest fart you will ever produce, <laughs> and that's uh, that never comes out of upholstery. Never. <laughs> oh man, okay, Ari, well, I'm I, sorry. I know. I just it's disappointing. That's all. All right, I mean, let's get my say? my number one, and this is so. This started when Ari sent a you know one of those. Here's all these fast food mm-hmm. fast food fries. Rank your top three. And I said, Five Guys doesn't belong on this. It was one of the choices. Doesn't belong on it because it's a different price point. But we're not talking about fast food fries here. We're talking about fries. We've mentioned steakhouse fries, that sort of thing. So the fresh cut fries, either at a Five Guys or at one of those mall food court places that claims skin? to be all about serving fillies, but you really went there for the yeah. fries. Those fries are the best fries. Like when I go to Five Guys, I get the large fry, which is they fill the cup with fries, then they dump that in the bag and they fill it up again. And that's your, that's your, I eat the whole thing. It's probably made for six people. I eat the whole thing. I didn't know how to rank those, but they should have been on my list. You're right about that. Those are good. That's an acceptable answer. At least you didn't, you you didn't come out with some, some bull crap there, but like, God, there's nothing (laughs) more. There's no better French fry than a McDonald's fry. Well, I, if I if I could track down at the junkyard my, my Toyota Corolla, you would be able to smell so many beef tallow <laughs> McDonald's fries that, that oh, you'd be in heaven, Ari. Just just heaven. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have we, ranked we have ranked it today. all. It's a, it's been amazing. That's two dozen rankings. If we did, if we did co-worker today. rankings, you guys would be at the bottom after some of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, David, Best other food sauces next week. <laughs> Ari Wasserman, thank you so much. If Ari will speak to me again, we'll talk to you again on Monday. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.